Hey, Chrissy here. I am a landscape architect and the owner of Kismet Design. I am a very process-driven designer, and I love sharing what I do and how I do it with anyone who's interested. Reaching your true potential and achieving your own personal goals will not happen by chance. You have to set your intentions, make a plan, and do the work. Thank you for joining me to nerd out on design. Don't forget to subscribe and to share too. Let's create something great together. This episode is really exciting. Sarah Meyer of Green Thumb Sam joins me once again on the podcast. She is the first repeat interview and it is great. In our last conversation, we discussed how she got started in the industry and her process for design and business. For anyone who missed it, it's episode 24. It is well worth going back to listen. The episode today, we talk about goals for growth and balance of business and life. I especially love talking with her about setting rules for herself and how she structures her time for best efficiency. Part of her equation for growth is through inspiration, and she shares her experience going to the APLD conference last year, which I'm very jealous I didn't get to join her on. She shares many of her sources for inspiration as well. I tried to get as many linked up in the show notes as I could, so be sure to check those out. So this year, um, as I put in in my email to you, I'm, I'm trying to do some focus topics each month. And part of that is because I'm working on my book, which I'm focusing my topics on the, the topics that are going into my book, kind of, they'll probably get reordered, but right now the focus topics are kind of in that order per month. So this month right now, as we're recording, the focus topic is beginnings. Next month will be focused on growth. So since the last time we we talked, um, at least last time we talked on the podcast, uh, we talked about kind of how you got started and your entry and kind of how you started your business and just in the industry as a, as a whole. So I figured it would be nice to talk about how your business has grown and kind of what your goals and goals for processes and also a big thing is kind of how, how you set goals in place to achieve the growth that you're looking for or have achieved. Um, so to jump right into that, have you set any goals for growth currently or that you've already achieved? And what are the key actions that you've taken to achieve those goals? Yeah. So I have set a goal to make a certain amount of money this year. Say that's $50,000. And then I have worked backwards from that number to figure out how many billable hours a week or a month that I would need to work as a target to help hit that goal of $50,000. But of course, alongside with this and all of the planning, I'm also taking into account how much time I want to take off with my family um, so that I know how much I have to work during those weeks that I am working. And for me, for taking off time with my family, that looks like uh, a week at spring break and a couple of weeks around Christmas, New Year's. And then I usually take off most of June, all of July and some of August when the kids go back to school. So um, for me, as far as like 
meetings or consultations that could be like four consultations per week um, and maybe two drafted plans a month and then one uh, project management job per month. So if I can schedule those in, that will keep me um, going towards that goal that I, that I want to achieve. Nice. I think yeah. taking that much time off sounds lovely. I should, I should really structure my time a little bit better to do that. This year was the, the first time I've really taken a solid amount of time off around the kids Christmas break. And it was absolutely fantastic. And I was like, I am doing this every year from now on. Cause I'd never done it. And it's, it's really nice. It feels good. It is you really, really nice. get so much time. Yep. This year we went to the Oregon coast and I took Gosh, I think I took three uh, preliminary plans that I was going to work on and I rolled them all up and took my tackle box full of stuff and I didn't even touch them. It was, it was wonderful. Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> um, another thing that I have done is I've said yes to teaching. Teaching absolutely terrifies me, uh, but I decided um, to do some more teaching this year. So last year I taught two classes for the Idaho Nursery and Landscape Association um, for our industry horticulture expo. And in one of the classes, we, I had nearly 300 students in it, and I thought I was going to die. <laughs> uh, and that was a plant, that was a plant talk for Firewise Plants, and the other one was a landscape design class. But this year, I have said yes to teaching two classes at Boise State University uh, through their OSHER program, and that is for retirees. So that's like my target demographic. I have discovered that that is probably my ideal client because they're really involved in the process. Um, so it'll be two hours, one on landscape design and then one on Intermountain West plants. And I also just said yes to talking at the Plant Select Conference in Denver this year in June. Um, and that will be a plant talk and I love plant talks. So that'll be great. And then in the past, what I have done to set some goals um, to help me achieve, you know, meeting new clients or getting more referrals is certification. Uh, I got my Firewise certification, and so that led to a larger pool of clients that are in the foothills that then referred me to other clients in the foothills. And usually those clients have a little bit larger budget, and they're dealing with the plants that I'm really excited about. So those, those are some, you know, that's a goal that I've set for myself, and those are some actions that I took. That's to really exciting. Those. Congratulations on all the teaching opportunities. That's really Thank fun. Thank you. And so I'm assuming that your, your goals around your number of clients and all of that also had to be kind of orchestrated around what all of the teaching opportunities look like as well, which is easier said than done sometimes. Right. Because then you teach and then you get more people who are interested in what you were doing and then the schedule starts filling up. So having a schedule is really important. Do you schedule your, to be able to really kind of uh, plan for that and prioritize like where you focus your time. Do you have a, a set schedule that you try to keep to in terms of like how many, how many design clients? So if you get a phone call, you know, like my first availability is X month date away. I do. And I don't know if you want to put a pause in here for editing later, but it gets into the rule following. We can just jump to that. Yeah, um, let's go to that. So, I mean, we talked about it before, like both of us are, are crazy rule followers. And I did read the book that you recommended, um, drawing a blank on it, uh, The Four Tendencies. 
I really liked it. It, uh, as I was reading it, I was like, oh yes. I was like shaking my head the whole time. Like, yes, absolutely. Totally me. And then even, you know, kind of identifying like some of the people that I'm, I'm really close with. I was like, oh, you know, that's definitely my husband. That's my son. Like that, you know, you kind of go through that and you can identify people pretty easily. Um, but I, I thought it was really interesting, but that was kind of one of the things that, you know, as I was kind of putting together some ideas of what we could talk about today is kind of some of those rules that you set in place to be able to achieve that strategic growth and to be able to meet your goals that you, cause I'm, I'm super regimented and I, I kind of do that. And I know that our minds uh, work very similarly. So I thought that'd be interesting for you to kind of explain a little bit. Yeah. So setting a schedule for me um, and creating rules so that I know what's going on every day of the week has been the biggest helper uh, as far as growth goes for me. And luckily I'm at a point where I can pick and choose the jobs that I want to work on. And I do get most of my business through referral. Um, so yeah, we had talked about schedules and I've tweaked mine a little since we last talked this year, I added project management to my offerings, um, uh, you know, inspired by you. So that is fantastic. Yay. I'm glad. Uh, yep. And that's of course, in addition to the consultation and design, and I have found out that project management takes a lot of time. <laughs> it does. Yes. It's so, rewarding so, and fun, but very time consuming. Right. So I might not be able to take on as many consultations this year as I had last year. And the other thing that has changed is that I've got kids at two different schools right now. So the my workday has shortened with the pickup, the different pickup and drop off times and the dead zones in between. And that will usually come out through the initial consultation meeting. Like if they are requesting a time outside of the hours that I'm available, I already know that it's probably not going to work if we're going to go over preliminary plans or any further um, ideas together. So can you elaborate because I know I've talked to multiple different designers that use the, the term consultation differently. So some people, a consultation is like the initial consultation. That's like a kickoff to the design process, or sometimes it can be more of just like a garden consult, like just someone that's paying for you to be out there on an hourly rate to just give them ideas, but not flow into design. How do you how do you structure that and what's the difference to you? Right. It's a broad term consultation. I charge an hourly rate for my consultations and I go out to the client's house and look at the spaces. I tell them that we're going to focus on the most important space to them. So sometimes people are only looking for a front yard for curb appeal or they've got a couple of beds in the backyard where they need some ideas of what plants to put into them. So what I will do is I'll walk around the yard with them for like 15 minutes or so, 15 minutes to half an hour, see what all their wants and needs are, see if there's any other big picture ideas like you would do um, when you're gathering information for a master plan. Um, and if they just want on-site drawings and notes, then I produce them right then. I draw out of the back of the car. I've got my drawing board and my scale and my, and it's not necessarily to scale, but I've got my templates. I can make um, plant lists. So I can spend half an hour to an hour doing that, say if it's like a full front yard or if it's the front yard and backyard, and uh, they will have all of uh, a list of plant materials and hardscape materials that if they want to DIY it, they can. 
And if they decide after that initial meeting that lasts an hour or two, and after I give them the notes and the sketches and explain them all, if they're like, oh man, no, I think I'm going to need a little bit more detail, or I think I want to pursue a plan so that I can have a landscape contractor install it, then I'll set them up to um, get into the process of doing a master plan. But I already have, I've already gathered all of that information in the consultation. So then it would just be, um, you know, the next meeting would be taking measurements and preparing the base map and then so on and so forth. So yes, I always get paid for my consultations and it's a very good way to see if you want to work with someone and not have them take advantage of your time. And then I also try to stack those master plans towards the fall and winter so that when it's terrible outside, like right now we've got slushy snow on the ground at about six inches deep. Um, I can be inside drawing. Um, so yeah, Not I try outside to sludging yep. through the snow. You got it. Well, and it's hard to, hard to see uh, what, what all you're dealing with on a site if you can't see the ground either. Right. I've had to, to reschedule we don't get as much snow that often here, but when it is snowy, I've had to, I've had to reschedule. Cause I'm like, I can't, I can't take measurements. I can't really see what's happening. If, if everything's covered in snow, do you think that, uh, as your business has grown, you've seen that, that transition from just, just consults, people that are okay with just that rough sketch on site transition to more and more people wanting the full scale plan? Yeah, I have. It's always been, I would say it's always been about the same percentage because there's a lot of people who just want to DIY it and just want to know really quickly, like, what can I plant in this bed? And those are so easy because you just draw it, make notes, tell them what they need to buy and then walk away and you're done. But then there are other people that, um, you know, they're like, wow, I really love your vision. You know, I, I will bring up something that they hadn't thought about and they want to explore it further. But yeah, I would say there's a lot of people now that I'm reaching my my target client who really wants to make a space that more people are requesting plans um, straight off the bat when I get to their place. I found that there's definitely projects where I, I kind of have a, a really solid idea initially of especially for the smaller, more simple projects, but sometimes the bigger ones, I'm like, I, I need to sometimes sketch out multiple ideas and kind of hash things through and, and look at some inspiration photos before I can really like feel a hundred percent confident in the designs that I'm, I'm giving to people. And I don't personally do a lot of just rough sketch consultations because I, I feel like I don't always, I don't, maybe it's just too, too confining of, of the creativity to kind of be put on the spot. And, uh, I think that that sounds exciting, but very challenging. It's challenging, but there are those clients that I will straight away say, Oh no, your space deserves so much more thought and attention than this. And we could make it something so much greater if yeah. we devote the time to it. And I'm very straightforward about saying that and they can take it or leave it. So yeah. I feel like I would probably say that more often than not. Yeah. <laughs> I like to have the time to really hash out my ideas. One thing that you mentioned is that you uh, rely mostly on referrals. Have you, how have you built those relationships and how do you continue feeding that growth to not need to spend time and, and dollars on like traditional marketing and just really kind of fueling that, that referral network? 
Well, I think most importantly, I've been a really good communicator and I hope that I've delivered a great product or service that um, people will say, you know, while having fun too. I think the excitement that I bring to uh, a landscape design in plants is kind of contagious. So uh, a lot of people, um, clients will have a neighbor or a friend and they will say, oh, I had Sarah out to the house and and um, if you don't know what to do with your yard, you should just have her over for and just get some ideas of what you could do. Um, so I just get really, really excited about my job. And I'd, I'd like to think that I'm more excited than bossy, but I'm also very direct and bossy and tell people what to do. Um, the other thing is I'm really interested in people, like genuinely, like I love plants and I love design, but I really love people and everyone has a story to tell. So um, everyone that's in the field, any other designers or horticulturists or contractors or nursery workers or teachers and even organizations like Idaho Firewise or the Botanical Garden, anyone I run into has an origin story, right? And I always find those very interesting of how they were led to uh, the industry. And I think that's true with everybody, right? If you think of a store that you like to frequent, frequent you know who your guy is at your favorite rock yard, or you know who your favorite uh, gal is at the nursery that you go to. And it's probably because you've shared a little bit of personal information or a story with them. Um, and so that just, that just becomes infectious. And I also like to keep up on um, what the local organizations are doing, like Idaho Firewise or the Botanical Garden. Um, and even the College of Western Idaho, they have a fabulous horticulture program. So uh, we just had our Idaho Nursery and Landscape Association Horticulture Expo and CWI had the students there taking the classes and wandering around the trade show. And um, it was really interesting to talk to them and see why they were pursuing a career in horticulture or school, schooling in horticulture. Yeah. So yeah, that has really, really helped with referrals, just talking to people and getting to know them. Do you feel like when you started your business, that was your main way that you grew your, your business and, and got clients was just getting your name out there and just talking to people and saying, Hey, this is what I do. Yeah. I was going to, um, you know, classes at the local nurseries to learn all about, um, the tips and techniques for the treasure Valley area for Boise. Um, and I would sit next to people and I would be doodling while we're taking a pruning class and someone would be like, oh, it seems like you know something about pruning. Can you come show me how to prune my fruit trees? And I'd be like, sure. Or taking classes at the Idaho Botanical Garden and then answering questions that were maybe or asking questions that were a little bit more high level. And they pull me aside at the end and say, hey, would you consider teaching here? And so, yeah, just being present and asking the right questions got people associated with me and my name and then thinking, oh, well, yeah, I know someone who could do that. Yeah. Well, and you say doodling so casually, like it's nothing, but I'm sure your doodles look better than 90% of people's like finished drawings. You're... Do you, yeah, do you, um, whenever I'm listening to somebody or I'm taking a class, I have to constantly be drawing or doodling. And that's like how I retain my information. And I know that my, my oldest is the same way, but I haven't met very many other people. My oldest, we went to like, uh, you know, conferences and the teachers were like, I wasn't sure at first if they were paying attention or not. And, um, but I, I assured them, oh no, oh no, they are. <laughs> yeah. I, 
I'm the same way. I doodle a lot. I'm also just really fidgety. Like I, as you can see, I do all the time. I, I twist my hair. I play with like my rings or my pen or whatever. I just have to be like, I can't Moving. just sit completely still. I have to be doing something that kind of like is a, I don't know, a background noise in my brain, I guess. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, I doodle a lot too, but my doodles don't look quite as beautiful oh. as yours. <laughs> <laughs> Um, speaking of beautiful drawings, you are amazing on social media. That's actually how we got connected. Um, cause I drool over your stuff all the time, post everything. I mean, you, you post beautiful drawings and videos and everything on, on Instagram all the time. Is that part of your plan for client acquisition and business growth? Or is it just something that you do just to share, share what you love? Like, do you get much, much client referrals from that? Yeah, it wasn't part of my plan to acquire clients, um, but it has definitely led to business and growth. And I do get a fair amount of clients from Instagram where people be just like, oh, no, I just I follow you on Instagram. Um, but I started the account because I saw that there were other people in the world who were still hand drafting. And being a, you know, a solo business owner, it's kind of lonely. You don't have anyone to hang out with or talk to or see their work. And so I started sharing my work in the hopes that other people would share their work and then ended up meeting people from all over the world, you know. Um, and so it wasn't initially part of getting clients. But if you ever see me go quiet for a few days or a week, it's because I am getting too many uh, inquiries <laughs> and I have to keep up with them. Um, but yeah, I just really like seeing other people's work and figuring out how they answer questions and how they solve problems. And so I share mine so that I get that feedback too. Um, and it's just been so supportive. But where this started is when I was working at the nursery um, at Hayes Nursery in Issaquah, Washington. I tried to convince the owner in 2004 that we needed to get the nursery on Facebook or Twitter or something. And she was so against it. She just wanted <laughs> to stick with mailers, you know, um, that people would go get from their mailbox. And I went out on a limb behind her back and I created a Facebook profile and a Twitter profile for the nursery. And I started just posting a plant pick of the day. So I do one plant. Um, and I do a close-up of the plant, but then I would also show it in a display or in our gardens. And then people started showing up at the nursery saying, oh, I'm, I'm here to see, you know, the plant pick of the day. Show me where that the plant of the day is. And so she found out <laughs> and she, she was a little mad. But then when she started seeing sales from that, um, I explained that people didn't have to go out looking for our product, it just showed up in their hands, which was such a revolutionary idea. You know, they could be at work daydreaming about that plant that they're gonna put in their garden and on the way home, they could just stop at the nursery and pick it up. Instead of having to go to the mailbox and get a mailer and make a plan for the weekend to go to the nursery when it's super busy. Once those customers started showing up and of course they were a different age group than the little old ladies from the garden club we were getting, she she gave me the go ahead and the blessing to keep doing it. And I found out that that was really powerful, really powerful. Well, and it's nice because it's it's an avenue that you can kind of nerd out on and and have fun with. And it it costs you nothing if it works. Great. If it doesn't work, it's still fun. And yeah. it's still, you know, especially a lot of the content that you put out there. It's 
if nothing else, it's really inspirational for other designers. And it's, it's really nice to see, like, I, I like to kind of filter a lot of the people that I personally follow in my, my personal account to just see beautiful things. Like I don't, yeah. Facebook has kind of become one of those things where it's, it's more to, to keep up with old contacts, but I don't really like use that as like a form of inspiration, but Instagram still is something where I, I look at just to see beautiful things. Like I don't, I don't use it personally for like engaging with people as much where business, I use it for engaging with people, but yeah, I just business. love to see beautiful things and gardens and, and design work. And, you know, whether it's an architect and interior designer, a, a fellow landscape designer, it's, it's nice to have that, that inspiration. Yeah. Huge inspiration. And I love following contractors too and seeing how they execute designers plans or their own plans and how they use materials together. Yeah. I use Instagram for inspiration all the time. Well, and I, as I've said before, I find a lot of inspiration, even though I don't hand draft, um, your, your drawings are beautiful and your designs are beautiful. Like even it's sometimes it's, it's hard to look past the beauty of the, the finished product and see the actual design. Cause it's, so pretty. Um, but you have really nice design style. And I love that you can see like a lot of the same character, like through different projects. And you see, I love the pictures where you post the, the before and the after and the design, because you can really kind of see that thought process and where you're gathering information from what the house looks like to how that gets, gets inspired into the landscape plan. It's, it's really lovely. That's good. That's good to know because that's one of my goals this year is to get more after pictures and I should be um, putting up more photos with the drawing that I'm doing of the existing house. So yeah, thanks for that tip. Yeah, I love it. It's, it's really nice. And it's, it's something that I, I try to do and I, it takes more time than just a random picture that I'm like, oh, this is fun. Like, yeah. or I'm at a job site, like post a picture of progress, like going back and finding the before the drawing and the after it takes more time, but uh, I think it's really nice. Um, so you, you've mentioned a, a couple different organizations and I'll put links in the, in the show notes to them, but you just recently joined APLD, which yeah. is really exciting. Um, obviously on the podcast, I talk about that a lot. I'm really, uh, really involved with our local Washington chapter. Um, and you got the chance to attend the national conference, which is really exciting, but I'm super jealous cause I didn't get to go. I was my daughter's birthday weekend. So I had to stick around. Um, but tell me about what that experience was and kind of your, your takeaways. And for me, I, I just love going to, to conferences and finding new people to be inspired from and, and go to seminars and things like that. And I feel like that helps me grow as a designer. Um, I've seen so many beautiful pictures of some of the gardens, but uh, tell me kind of what you thought about that experience. Yeah, so I had never been to Arizona besides the Grand Canyon before, and I was really on the fence about going because I had taken a trip uh, earlier in the year to meet up with a group of landscape designers um, in Bremerton, Washington, who I lovingly refer to as my cohort. And so I spent time away from my family and money, of course, doing that. And But then when it when the brochure came out and I saw who was speaking and what gardens we would be visiting, it was like a dream. I've always been very inspired by Steve Martino and uh, Catherine with Prado Design. And my friend Carrie, who's here in Boise, um, 
was like, if you're on the fence, let me just knock you over it because she said she wanted to share with me like the light in the desert and the design elements. And um, for me, what I took away is obviously less is more and <laughs> they use such restraint there. And of course that's based on um, the amount of precipitation that they get and the heat that they get. But, uh, oh, it was, it was just absolutely amazing. And then to meet all the designers that were at the conference and, um, a lot of people said like they felt like they already knew me because of the Instagram account. And so while that was a little overwhelming and embarrassing at times, it was also really, really nice because I had already messaged with them and knew a lot of them like uh, Lisa Nunemaker with Paper Garden Workshop. It was just like we had been fast friends for years. Um, and I was a little bit worried too, I think going into it and a little intimidated by the APLD and thinking maybe um, you know, feeling a little bit of imposter syndrome and, you know, all these people are so amazing. Um, but it was, it was just so fun to find out. I mean, they're just like me. They're just like you. They're taking a million pictures of plants or gardens, you know, <laughs> I've never seen a gaggle of people, so many just like me, just standing there taking pictures and being able to, uh, you know, throw around design terms and discuss the gardens and the different points of view and how things were lined up. Um, it was it was a fantastic experience and I encourage anybody to go. I mean, we looked at gardens for three days. It was, and all the speakers were so good. So yeah, it was great. It's a, it's a really very unique group. Um, there's a lot of other design associations and, other groups, whether it's, you know, horticulture related or design related. Um, and I, I feel like APLD is a very unique group of people. It's just got a, a very different mentality and mindset and everyone is just so nice and so gracious. And it's, it's kind of like a, an extended kind of business bestie group. Like, you know, you can throw something out there and, and ask a question. You're going to have you know, five people answer your question, be willing to give you their, their time and their ideas and their expertise and their advice. Um, just very generously. It's really, it's a great group. It's so true. And they're all so fun. They're just a riot. It's yes. just <laughs> so many laughs. It yes. was fantastic. Plant nerdery at its best. Yep. Well, wonderful. Um, so as we kind of wrap up, um, who is inspiring you right now, other than the, uh, all the beautiful gardens that you got to see on the APLD tour? Right. So Catherine Prado of Prado Design, um, that Tucson aesthetic just, and the, the use of materials, we saw two or three of her gardens and uh, the natural pool colors, really, really, really loved um, Topophila, that's Nahal Sobati and um, Eric of Pangea Express. Uh, I love their landscapes and their use of technology is just mind blowing. So they are always a huge source of inspiration and they're so nice and generous uh, with their time when I have questions to them. And they have the cutest little dog, Scotch. <laughs> My friend Carrie with Canvas Landscape Design, she has really fun renderings, so you get to see really good use of color, and her layout of spaces is, I think, brilliant. Um, I have met a new contractor this 
previous year, which was one of my goals. And his name is Manny and his wife's name is Teresa. And they run uh, Lucent Landscaping and they've installed a few of my designs. And I think the thing that is most impressive to me about them and their company and their team is they have fantastic communication with everybody involved in the project. And they are so, uh, so kind and so good with their employees. And they hire people straight out of the horticulture program here. And they have a lot of women on their staff um, and their hardscapes are impeccable. I always love uh, Beth Mullins with Beth Grows Green. She's just got a very distinct style. She hasn't been posting as much, but I love her stuff. I love Lisa Port with Banyan Tree, not only for her designs, but also her finished gardens. And she shares a lot of pictures of that and the processes of them being installed. Um, someone out of Bend, Oregon, Cody Taub, I think is his name, with Cascapes Landworks. Um, he's really nailed like the high mountain desert intermountain west uh, garden design um, and he installs it too. I love Fredrickson Landscape out of California. Ben Fredrickson, huge following on Instagram but his dry creek beds are very inspiring and he just finished um, a backyard pool that it looks like him and his kids and family are enjoying. Um, there's a few more. Whole Gardens Northwest, Leslie Davis. I love her drawings. Uh, and she's a, a fantastic writer, too. Um, so descriptive. And then the designs that she draws, um, her and her husband have the company, and she's there through all of the installation that he installs. So it's really fun to see a project from beginning to end on their account. Abby Rupsa with Botanical Living. Her business sense is just like, whew, I could study her for days and I'll her landscape. Follow her. Yeah, her landscapes are so clean and she's out of Denver. Um, so we deal with a lot of the same plants being at a higher elevation. Uh, locally here, BeWise Gardens has been very, very inspiring. And that's Gabrielle Crake and her daughter, Isabel Genovese. And their drawings um, all the way through the execution of the plans is just Boise and pollinators and habitat friendly and their family is just so warm and so generous. They actually started a horticulture book club here. So we've been meeting about once a month um, after reading a book and just very gracious, nice, um, artsy people. Fun. Paper, yeah, for drawings, paper garden workshop, Lisa Nunemaker, she teaches the skills. That's just like how I learned to draw. Uh, gardens, everyone talks about Gita Winberg. Win um, her drawings and her finished gardens are really nice. And she comes from um, a little bit colder zone. So it's nice to see the plants that she uses. And then another one for drawings is the Ardent Gardener, Laura J. Van Zant. Her drawings and her finished gardens are amazing. She's out of Utah. Nice. That is so a it's it's a huge list, a, but <laughs> no, a great list. I mean, there's a couple that I don't recognize, but um, I will be stocking them soon. Um, but a lot of them are, are people that I follow on Instagram or, or know. And Lisa Nunemaker actually is going to be here tomorrow speaking yeah. at a, at a Washington event, um, by the time this airs, it'll be since passed, but I'm excited to get to actually meet her in person. Cause I've had her on the podcast and, and talked to her a couple of times over the phone and over email, but I've never met her in person. So that's exciting. Yeah. She's fantastic. She had me on for her garden 
workshop um, group and we talked about mid-century design. Mm-hmm. So that was another teaching thing that I said yes to, which was a really good thing to do because I met so many wonderful people out of yeah. that too. Wonderful. Um, well, before we wrap up, um, do you have any questions for me? Yeah. What are, what are some current challenges that you're facing right now? Do you have anything going on that's a big challenge for you right now? Um Nothing really design wise. Um, I've got a really, really nice workflow right now for the design portion of my business. My biggest challenge right now is trying to figure out how to create the best balance with my non-design things with my design things. So last year or the year before last, I was way too busy. I took on way too much. And I had just like this perfect storm of like the top five biggest projects all landing at the same time, which was crazy. And so last year I really intentionally dialed things back and pushed things out further, which was great. But it also gave my mind a little bit more time to wander and be like, oh, I also want to do this. And I also want to do this. And the podcast has been going on for a while. Um, and I, I kind of hit and miss, like I'll go in spurts where I'm like really regimented. And then I kind of go AWOL a little bit because I've got too much on my plate and then circle back to it. This year, I'm going to try and be much more regimented about it and kind of keep some better consistency and building time in because I'm writing a book, Yeah, building time in for that. And then um, doing more teaching opportunities, both for outside of my organization and also creating classes within Kismet Design. And um, I've had a really great uh, response so far on some of the just downloadable documents that I've been creating. And that's been really fun. And um, I've gotten amazing feedback on that. So I'm trying to build in more time to be working on that stuff. Um, And that those things actually help bring some revenue to justify the time I'm spending on things like the podcast that do nothing but just make me feel good. So um, creating that balance is really the, the biggest challenge I'm, and it'll be a a work in progress as the year goes through and kind of go by feel, but uh, really trying to balance that out. And who else is inspiring you right now? Oh my gosh. So many. Um, I think the one that I just really nerded out on the other day um, was I got to talk with Kelly O'Klesson of Groundsmith Collective, and I could have talked with her for hours. And I, I'm really inspired by her mentality for her business. But um, over the past few years, I have one um, employee right now that works with me who's phenomenal. Colleen is a rock star. Um, but I really, she works remotely. She's actually in Boise, um, not that far from you. And I want to be able to do more, more design work and work with more clients, but I just, I can't clone myself. And so I really like Kelly's business model of bringing in even just like one project at a time, having interns and students that are still in school and really kind of having more of a a mentor type role with them, but giving them the, the runway to be able to work with clients. And I, it's something that I would like to explore. Um, I I find that really, really exciting and just an awesome opportunity, um, for both myself and for the, uh, 
the students and designers. And I've, I've done a little bit more collaborating with other local designers on some things. I just had a, another designer do some uh, base plan work for me, which turned out great. Um, and then I'm collaborating with Sarah Van Sanden again on another design. And I really enjoy working with her. She's just got a really, really, we, we think fairly similarly, but her approach to things is so different from mine and it's really exciting and fun. Um, so that's been, that's been really inspiring and really exciting. I, I love, you know, you mentioned people's origin stories. I, I mean, that's one of the things I love most about doing, doing these podcast interviews is I get to know kind of where people are coming from. And I've been really being a little bit more pushy, asking people about like how they run their business and things like that. Cause I, that's what I really get, uh, get inspired by. And there's a, a couple different, um, designers that I've started following more that post a lot more about like their actual business things, which I find really engaging. Obviously I like the pretty things as well. Um, but then, uh, just like, I just finished reading, um, Adam Grant's latest book. I like anything Adam, Adam Grant anyways, but the book was, was really, really very well-written and, and really inspiring. It's, uh, Adam Grant's new book, Hidden Potential. Okay. Um, he talks about kind of how, how it's not all about just skill and like given, you know, God given expertise kind of thing. And it's, it's really interesting kind of how, how you can pursue and be intentional about achieving goals and creating that vision. And I obviously I nerd out on things like that. So yeah, I'm going to have to check that out. I've written it down now. <laughs> yeah. It's really, really good. Um, so yeah. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time and uh, so good to get to chat with you again. And uh, hopefully it won't be the last time we'll have to have you on again. Yeah. Have a great 2024. Yes, you too. Thank you so much, Sarah. You're, you're welcome. To wrap up, I want to thank you for your time. I hope the ideas discussed today have left you feeling excited and energized. As I build both my business and my life, I value the support and feedback you provide. I would love for you to reach out to me to let me know what you think, give me ideas, or just to connect. Please don't forget to subscribe and also share with a friend. Until next time, go create something wonderful.